Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Preble Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Welcome, everybody, to this episode, Following Personal Passions and Risks Can Nurture Your Relationships. Later on in the show, you get to listen to uh, part of a conversation that I had with my good friend Greg Lavoy, who's been on this show before. It was passionate. You'll be able to feel the energy that we went back and forth talking about how, again, taking risks and having your individual passions and what that can do to inspire and to benefit your relationships in your life. You know, Greg was uh, very much part of my incubation of moving around my ideas of doing this podcast. And we talked about how bringing the ideas to life uh, really inspired him to follow through on taking some risks of his own. And by me going first inspired him to take some actions to follow through on his life. He talks about various stories in his life of people that also inspired by taking risks that inspired him to take various risks in his life. That's what we do. We inspire each other. In my experience, that's how relationships can be really enhanced, especially when they can be stagnant in some areas. When relationships are stagnant, it's really good for individuals to tap into their own creativity. So I'm really happy that I was able to tap into another creativity in my life with doing this podcast. If you haven't checked out other shows before, go ahead and go through the list of the various shows that I have in the show notes. My team, my copywriting team of Dawn and, and specifically Celine, does a great job in describing what we're talking about in the various shows. The topics and the quotes, the meat of the ideas of what's conveyed in the shows are written pretty clearly in the show notes for you to get an idea of what these shows are about. Also has various links to the information. My website, heartsharecounseling.com, and my Facebook page, Relationships Let's Talk About It, which you're very welcome to communicate to me on that. Tell me some ideas that you would like to see in future podcasts. I would love to hear from you. And if you are inclined to donate and support to this podcast, to keep making it happen and to keep bringing it out to the world, you can go to heartsharecounseling.com and there's a support the podcast page. Also, again, on the show notes, there's a hyperlink to support the podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. So, you know, there are many risks and passions and healthy ones that you can take as an individual that would really enhance your relationships. Like I talked about a little bit before, I have many couples that are stuck and stagnant and they feel that their relationship is boring. And one part of that is because they're not tapping in to their own passions, their own creativity, and bringing that back into the relationship. 
They're not finding externally things that they're inspired by and connected by and have grown from, and they're not bringing that back in the relationship because they're not finding it. So I encourage you highly to go out and take risks and fill yourself up. Be interesting. Be a person that somebody would really want to talk to. I was with a couple uh, recently that are very stagnant. They even said that they don't even know what to talk about with each other. And I asked them, what do you want to talk about? And they even said that they didn't know. And I asked them what they were connected to and hobbies or things that they've read or their own creativity, and they really couldn't answer it. And so therefore, how in the hell are they going to have some interesting conversations with each other? How are they going to bring back some endeavors and adventures that they have on their own that inspires the relationship, something that they can talk about? They can't, and they're stuck. I'm really glad that my wife and I have had many adventures when we were on our own before we met each other that we would be able to share and stories with each other that were greatly inspiring to each other. And we kept that going when we met each other. And that was a big deal for us to do that, to still be connected with our own risk-taking so that we could inspire each other in many ways. A few of my personal risks, uh, one of the biggest first ones that I remember taking was just after graduation from college in uh, 1986, I decided to go to Japan and actually just move to Japan. I studied Japanese at Michigan State University and international business and wanted to incorporate all of that together. And I thought the best way to do that was to get my ass out there and to really experience the Japanese culture. And so I was 21 years old, just graduated, and actually a week after graduation, I bought an open-ended, I believe it was like a six-month ticket, and I, did, I knew one person um, when I went there. And taking two years of Japanese language did not prepare me very much to get to Japan. Those of you that have taken a foreign language, it's immersed when you are immersed in the culture and the language is when you really learn in depth. So I wanted to do that. I ended up uh, staying there just over a year and a half. It was a way to create some distance with my relationships, of course, at that time with my family. Being a college, of course, those of you that know that, has a certain amount of separation, but then to really get out in the world, to make my own money, to take care of myself, was a way to really separate and find myself in separation from my family. So I came back way more worldly, which of course created a nice different dynamic with my family. I had different experiences that they couldn't fathom of, of having. There was a differentiation that was experienced that uh, I matured and grew up. So our relationship was now on a, on a different level. I knew that I could get out in the world on my own and survive and thrive. And that worldly experience actually helped me out to attract a worldly partner almost about 10 years later. Another risk that comes to mind 
that really enhanced my relationship was just after I met my wife at Eslin Institute. I told that story before. Eslin is in Big Sur, California Retreat Center. My wife and I met there. We met on the very first day as roommates. Yep, we were sharing a room together, and we've been living together from that day forward for the last 24 years. About three months after we met, I decided to go on a vision quest. Those of you that don't know what a vision quest is, it's uh, from the Native American tradition where you go out in the wilderness for four days and for four nights. You have minimal resources, uh, no tent, just had a sleeping bag, and you make a circle, a small maybe 10-foot circle in diameter, and you just stay in there for four days and four nights. I had, I think, four liters of water, no food. So you fast in order to go deeper in your vision that you're supposed to get um, or can get. So it's a very contemplative quest. Didn't take a pen, didn't take paper, notebook. It was just me, all my own crazy thoughts, neurosis that I had to deal with, boredom. And the intensity uh, got pretty strong just in the first day. There was a group of us, about 15 people, that were on this venture, and we started it off with a sweat lodge, and I don't have to explain a Native American sweat lodge, but it's pretty intense. So we did a sweat lodge, and right after the sweat lodge is when we went off into into the wilderness to find our spot, and mine was in the Sierra Nevada mountains. It was uh, maybe about three to four miles away from base camp, and when I found my spot, it was kind of just sunset. The sun was going down. I uh, made my circle, put out my sleeping bag, and got a little comfortable. And just as I was getting comfortable, I heard this sound, this screeching of a bird. And it turned out that it was this large bird that I saw in the corner of my eye, maybe about 40 yards away, that its wing was flapping out of this crevice of a rock that I could see. What was making this other out of this world sound was I saw this big paw that was clawing at the bird's wing and was making a mountain lion song. It wasn't a song, it was sound. It was the mountain lion sound going after this bird and this bird was screeching. And I didn't see the whole head of the mountain lion but I just saw the paw going after the bird and freaked the shit out of me, right? I had choices. I had the choice to either get out and run, which is not the thing that you do <laughs> when, when there's a big prey animal that could be chasing after you, or just stay where I was, stay put. And I decided to stay put. Sun was starting to go down, got my flashlight out, and I was panicky and kept flashing around, flashing around, and I vowed to myself, of course, that I was not going to fall asleep. I made a little fire inside the circle. There was dead wood that was just outside the circle that you can go out to, you can go out to pee and do your private stuff outside, out of the circle, and I could get some wood and bring it in to, to make the fire. So I was making a fire and staying up as long as I could, and, and then all of a sudden, 
I woke up. I fell asleep. It was pitch black. I couldn't even see my hand. And I was panicked. I was freaking out. I knew this mountain lion was breathing like right next to me. I knew it was so close. And I got my flashlight out and I quickly looked around and it was, there was no mountain lion. But boy, I was feeling its presence. And I was feeling its presence the whole time. And as it got to be sunrise and it was clear, started calming down. I didn't see it. And I was just in my own contemplative state. I mean, here I am, a boy from Detroit. I'd never even slept outside, let alone camped outside. And this was my first endeavor to be out in the wilderness. And this is what I choose, taking a risk. And I know I wanted to go deep. You know, I wanted to go deep in this process. And a friend of mine told me, hey man, one way to go really deep in your meditations when you're on the vision quest is go ahead and take an enema. Yeah, take one of those, you know, disposable enemas, coffee enema, and you'll you'll just really go deep. The toxicities will come out of your body and you'll go deep in your meditation. So I was like, all right. So here I am. It uh, became really warm out that day and I, nobody around for miles. I take off all my clothes. I'm in the circle and I go ahead and I do my enema. So here I'm thinking, I got this like bottled enema stuck up my ass and I'm thinking to myself, man, what if this mountain lion is, is out there? He's probably just like looking at me and just looking at my scrawny ass and just going, man, what the hell is with this guy? Like I, I was probably really confusing this mountain lion. That, that was my strategy, try to confuse the mountain lion. I know I look silly. I know I look stupid. I think it kept the mountain lion away because I didn't see him after that. But one of the things that brought me back to my relationship and how it benefited the relationship was my wife, my girlfriend at the time, we made a commitment that when I was on this vision quest, we wanted to try to connect and vibe with each other. And, and she really wanted to support me on this vision quest. So we decided that at 11 o'clock at night, it was during the full moon, we would communicate and meet at the full moon. We would both send energy to each other and for 10 minutes just think about each other, send each other positive thoughts, try to receive from the other person. And it was so comforting to focus on the moon and actually really feel her energy. I could really feel I wasn't lonely. That's, it helped me out so much. It was something that I look forward to so much throughout the day that I knew at 11 o'clock that I was going to feel a connection to her. I felt calmer. I felt uh, that I can endure another day in the, in the wilderness. And that really benefited our relationship by knowing we could actually feel connected when we were apart. And that experience helped us greatly when my wife started to go some years later to Denmark for at least three months out of the year. We had a calmness about each other when we were separated in that way because we knew even through that distance that we could feel each other's connection because of the pronounced and profoundness of the connection that we had on my vision quest. So long story, but that gave me the understanding 
of how that experience of being separate could benefit us later on in our relationship of feeling that connection with one another. So taking that risk really benefited our relationship on a deep connecting level. And on another hand, it really benefited my wife's respect for me. You know, she would tell me afterwards uh, that that was such a brave thing for me to do, to go on that vision quest. And that actually inspired her to do a two-day vision quest. She had a very profound experience that she also encountered a mountain lion. And she'll tell you that story on a later date on this podcast. I don't want to take that away from her. So we had that in common. We had that connection with a very powerful animal so that we can relate to that. I believe that taking risks empowers you to establish new limits in your mind. You know, we all have boundaries or a comfort zone where we'd like to stay. Many of us has misconstrued the visions of what we think we deserve or what we're capable of accomplishing. And when you take risks, you can eradicate that thinking. You can establish these new boundaries. You can improve your outlook on life and your ability to achieve so many things on different levels, different higher levels. And taking risks can cause you to become more creative when you put yourself out on the limb and take these risks. You know, you have natural problem-solving skills that can kick in and you're open to new ideas and willing to try something new. And those experiences are wonderful bookmarks to have that will establish your own self-growth, which in turn, you bring that into the relationship. Whatever relationship it is, your friendships, I know that my friends were very inspired by a lot of my adventures that I took over the years and my travels. They were wondering, where is Prepo, you know, at this time? And I would send them postcards when I took a around-the-world trip when I was 28. I quit my corporate job and bought a around-the-world ticket. At that time, it was like $1,700 to buy a one-way ticket. You had to go in one direction. It was an open-ended one year. I ended up going for eight, about eight months of that year. It inspired a lot of my friends they wanted to hear the stories. Uh, some of them took little risks on their own because of that. But there was a newfound respect I know that I had for my friends when I was out in the world in that way. Because I believe that taking risks really help you to clearly define also what you really want. You know, calculated risks are taken with sometimes careful thought. Because I know for me, like once that I had become accustomed to taking risks, I had this efficacy. Efficacy means that you've done something in the past so you know that you could do something similar in the future. That helped me break free from the average way of living and also the average way of thinking. And instead of fighting to stay safe, I know that I gained the momentum and the confidence needed to welcome new opportunities that came in my career and business and my personal life. Risks build your self-confidence and self-respect, therefore empowering you to feel stronger, taking that into the relationship that you have of more self-confidence, more self-respect can also inspire your partner greatly and the skills that you need in communication and partnership from this efficacy.
So it's just not a lot of these adventures that also could take risks and follow your passion to help benefit the relationship. You know, things like people go back to school. And when I went back to school when I was 40 years old to go to my graduate program in, in counseling, I was fortunate enough to choose a program that highly benefited my relationship, right? Communication skills that I learned, the understanding of the human psyche, the focus that I wanted to have on healthy relationships and couples relationships greatly benefited my own relationship. And what I learned multiplied in great benefit for my relationship with my wife. And I'm sure we're going to elaborate on some of that in future podcasts. Well, I'd like to get to the conversation that I had with Greg Lavoie and us talking about how following personal passions and risks can nurture your relationships. Enjoy. So we've been talking and I, I, this subject is pretty cool about inspiring by example, taking, how taking risks can inspire your relationships. Juicy one, right? Very juicy. <laughs> I mean, it's happening right now between you and I. Right. Yeah. I remember that first day that I talked to you about doing a podcast and I was, I was so juiced. We were, we were going to a movie and we were talking about it before the movie in the parking lot. Right. And then all of a sudden you said to me and said, hey, you know, just put it out there. We don't have to go into the movie. We actually can stay in here and still brainstorm. And I was like, really? Can we? And we stayed in the car for like another hour, went back to your house and brainstormed more, all kinds of ideas. Right. And I felt so juiced. I remember you looking at me and and you even said how how I'm kind of buzzing and feeling. And you said to me, I'm noticing I feel envy. Yeah. Right. That's what I said. But it was a good, like I knew that you weren't going to take that away from me, but you were being truthful. You felt envy. You wanted to feel a passion for something. Exactly. I yeah. wanted something to sink my teeth into, yeah. just like you. And so you going first inspired me. To? Well, among other things, follow up on the restlessness that started two years ago and find out what wanted to move and where it wanted to go. And it involved moving from Asheville, North Carolina to Santa Cruz, California. I should say back to California. I used right. to live in the Bay Area. But I knew that the thing that was I wanted to sink my teeth into was probably going to be something around that. That was my version of what you did. And so that's a great question just put out in the world is what would that be for you? Right. You know, what passion project could you give yourself over to or give to yourself that would just light your fires and therefore the people around you. Yeah, it's not intentional to do it. It's not like I'm going to do this so I can inspire somebody else. It just naturally happens. Right. I love that. When I decided to do the podcast, and one of the big reasons was also my son is a huge podcast fan. He's been self-educating himself since he's been 16 years old, so six years. Mm -hmm. He's been pushing me to do it, and when he knew that I finally decided I was going to do it, he was so excited and his beautiful girlfriend emma left me this beautiful voicemail and said how inspiring it is for them she said us younger generation of people to know that you don't have to stop with your dreams you can keep dreaming and go for at any your age. passion at any age and i had no intention that that was going to inspire them that way at all right just by me well that's that's important right there is the fact that you're doing it for yourself first and foremost that really matters. You're not doing it for what they call secondary motivation. You're doing it for primary motivation. 
just for the charge and the challenge. And then it's real. Oh, and I got to watch it. I mean, I got to watch this. You just, like I said, you were buzzing with energy in a way I've never seen you. And that's an important diagnostic too, is, you know, when your friends start saying, wow, man, right. give me I, some of that. I want have what he's having. <laughs> um, and I noticed this when I've been telling people that I'm going to move. It seems like half the time I see this look in their face, like a hunger. There's something they want to move on and they're holding themselves back. I saw it when I took the vision quest in Death Valley for 12 days last year. People were like, we're having lunch the second you get back. I want to hear every detail. And you can tell that they're reflecting on something in their own life, that they're holding themselves back. They need something out of the box and they're not giving it to themselves. Right. Reminds me of this New Yorker cartoon is a guy standing over his cat and there's a litter box down here. And he says to the cat, don't ever, ever think outside the box. <laughs> Uh, this doing the podcast, me moving, they're out of the box for people and it's inspiring slash terrifying. Right. Yeah. But it is that aspect of that part that brings fear or terror is also so close to the aspect of excitement and passion, right? Absolutely. Right. I mean, hell, the word passion means to suffer. <laughs> that, I'm not making that up. It's true. The passion of Christ. That exactly is, right. where it comes from. Right. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So it's all built in there, but you can see that hunger. I can see that hunger in people. It's like part of my mission is just encourage people to do it. Right. I get it, how scary it can be. And the beauty of, again, in doing it and putting it out there, we were talking earlier that I told you that a lot of couples that are stuck and stagnant, mm. they're blaming it on some aspects of the other person or the relationship, but what they're not taking into consideration is their own relationship to their creativity, their own relationship to their passion is not being fed. Right. Once that's being fed, we get to bring that individually into the relationship and the relationship gets fed by that way, inspired by each other. Right. So that's a beautiful thing when people are taking risks, how that offshoot gets to be brought in the relationship. You get to talk more intimately of what you're experiencing. It's usually a positive emotion. You so get to partner. know each other better. Exactly. The inquire of it, the, yeah. even maybe the collaboration. Yeah. I know with my wife and I, Rainbow Wee, she gives me such good ideas once my passion is lit. She she gets infected. Exactly. And she gets infected and she gives me great input right. based on that. Right. Just like you, you give me great input. I know. We've when. been having brainstorming sessions up the wazoo. Yeah. Yeah. I think, man, if you're going to step out of a relationship- this is the way to do it. Step out into something creative. Go do something you need to do, but then bring it back. Right. You know, plow it back into the relationship. Go out and have your adventures and then bring the juice back. Right. Don't take the juice out into another relationship and have an affair or something. Exactly. And don't think that that's separating from your relationship. If, if you engage in the world, you know, another podcast with Lee Warren, she told about that you should get 25% of your needs met in your primary relationship. Mm. The rest should be in your connection with other aspects wow. of your world. I, I want to put it up a little higher. I like at least like 35% because I love hanging with my wife. So, right. But there's an aspect of, yeah, that's but so true. But it's not 90%. It sure is not 90% because the relationship cannot take Sustain that burden. Sustain that. Right. <sighs> that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So inspiring by example. Travel. Yeah, travel. I, I, I see that hunger slash envy thing when I tell people that Ross and I, this is my twin brother, Ross, and I take a month a year. We pick a country and we go there. 
and people's mouths drop open. Like you could do that. <laughs> you inspired me when oh. you were taking those months and I was only taking two weeks. And then finally I took three weeks. And then last year I took four and this is like, yeah. And I remember your story was, no, I can't do that. I no way. I've got clients. I can't let it go like that. And suddenly you're like, you're a convert. If uh, if you can't get me right now, which you can't, call nine one one or even five one one. Get the traffic report or something. <laughs> Just don't call me. Just don't call me. I am gone for four weeks. Yeah. and it is that, that that was inspiring for me to feel I'm worthy enough to give myself that beautiful time because yeah. when I come back, I'll tell you that first couple clients. I should charge them double. I am so present uh, and so refreshed mm. and so there. And I bring that into my work, that right. inspiration of connection and seeing the world and interacting with people. To say nothing of the concentric effects of all that, those people then have communities of people that are affected by how they feel after a session with you like that, you know, and their kids and their pets. The net works, you know? Oh, I like that. The net works. <laughs> well, it does. Wow. You know, this mm -hmm. inspiring by example thing is, it's got a certain kind of algorithm to it where it spreads. It goes viral in a sense. What about that guy that you were working with at the paper when you said that you were leaving? Oh, yeah. This was my racquetball partner. He fought hard to keep me at the paper. He kept saying, oh, man, freelancing? Man, you know how many people survive at that? Maybe a hundred in the whole country. And why do you want to do that? And your career is going to be behind you and your bank account's going to be shot and on and on. And then we played one last racquetball game that was the most vicious game either one of us had ever played because he strided onto the court and he said, all right, if you win, you get to leave. If I win, you have to stay. <laughs> and I won by a dink shot. In other words, one of those little ones that hits right two inches. Right. No way he could return. We slump against the back wall our breaths are just heaving and he looks over at me and goes, oh man, you're going to leave me alone at this crummy job. That's what it was. And I was like, oh, that's what it was. And six months after I left the paper to be a freelance writer, he quit and became an editor at the Miami Herald magazine and now an editor at the Washington Post magazine. And he has presided over two, not one, but two, two Pulitzer Prize winning stories. And I'm just saying, just saying. Maybe you had something to do with I it. I think so. Yeah. The timing of it. I don't mean to be self-serving, but that algorithm was at work. Right. Say yes to yourself so you can say yes to your relationships. Because mm -hmm. they will all benefit from your enlivenment and they will suffer from your dispassion. Ooh, I like that. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. I just remember my dad saying to me when I went off to college, he said, don't take courses, take professors. There it is. Go after the passion. Go after the passion. Right. I also want to talk about how when you've taken some risk, how it's actually given other kinds of inspiration to people, not just passionate, positive ones. Ah, right. Yeah. Right. That's very true because sometimes it threatens people. Yeah. Like right now, you're moving. You're moving to your brother's town. <laughs> That's where he lives. Yeah. What's that bringing up? Oh, oh really big old stuff. Mm. Yeah, because we have a taboo in the family that started with my mom. There ain't no town big enough for the two of us. She used to, used to do separate bus stops? Yeah. 
She was really committed to it. We want these boys to have separate identities, so no Pete and repeat. <laughs> or Ron, you know, Ron and, if we were girls, it would have been Kate and duplicate. <laughs> separate classrooms, separate summer camps, separate instruments when we had to learn one, and separate bus stops. She was really committed to giving us separate identities. So he and I are breaking one of those primary old rules by me moving into the town he lives in. So you never lived in the same town Ever. as adults? Ever. And we even had some lady in a supermarket in Lake Tahoe. We're ordering sandwiches at the Safeway and telling her that we're twins and blah, blah. And she says, gets a sour look on her face and goes, you two guys aren't like living together at your age, are you? (laughs) And it was right there, you know, that raised eyebrow we assume is going to come from our older brother. Uh Maybe channeling the ghost of my mother, like, really? Isn't that kind of dependent or codependent or enmeshed or something? Mm. So we're coming up against that. And Ross has had a couple of nightmares about me moving to his town, about being overwhelmed. Tyrannosaurus Rexes wrecking big cities, avalanches, flash floods, him running around saying, run for your lives. And he's sharing them with me, interpreting them as uh, his reaction to this, me making this big move, but into his town. And uh, something we're going to have to negotiate. Right. Yeah, did you give an example about going up to a cashier and you said to her- Can I have the receipt? And what did she say? She looked at me like, you never want a receipt. And I say, okay, I'm not who you think I am. I'm his twin brother. Uh, No, I'm not pulling your leg. And I'm the twin who always wants a receipt. (laughs) Later that day, Ross goes into the same grocery store because it's his neighborhood grocery store and goes to the same cashier. And she says, oh, I met your other half today. And that night, he had a nightmare (laughs) of T-Rexes wrecking big cities. Wow. So he's concerned about being overshadowed or competing for attention, just old stuff. So it isn't always a happy occasion that you're making your big move. Right. Well, even the other way around, thinking about was the, the risk not just a positive action or positive decision like when people decide to divorce you decided to divorce some years ago how did it affect other people well there was a huge uptake in millions of people getting divorced because oh yeah greg gave them permission right. to do that yeah i can see the headlines greg lavoy gets divorced millions follow <laughs> did it inspire i yeah. i don't know about inspire if you could even call it that, that yeah maybe that's not the word maybe it's gave people permission to start thinking more deeply about what yeah, the truth is. Yeah, because there, were cer- there are certainly people who are in uh, relationships that are not optimal or jobs that are not optimal or any kind of situation where they feel stuck or you know dysfunctional. And so I'm sure it spoke to people. I know I got this feedback. Man, I was brave. Hmm. It's like, whoa, 20-year marriage. Right. And even more so when I took the next year and took cave time to process it and work it through and learn a couple of lessons, go back to the drawing board. Um, There was something I I got from people that that was brave Hmm. to look at it, not get a fix into the next relationship. Right. Easy to do. I've done it. I also think it's cool when we tell past stories of when we took a risk and how that can impact people. Hmm. I remember telling my son when he was about 18 or yeah, he's about 18, four or five years ago about my round the world trips that I took. Oh, I took one round the world trip, but right. traveled a lot. 
And since he was 18, I got to tell him some really cool stories that I wouldn't tell him when he was 13. Or you wouldn't tell in front of your wife. Yeah, exactly. It was all these beautiful adventures. Mm. And I remember him being so excited looking at me, and he said to me, I can't wait till I start traveling to have my own stories. Oh, there you go. And now look at him. I know. He's lived in Denmark. He's living in Netherlands. He's got a beautiful Belgian girlfriend right. traveling all around. He goes Europe. to France for the weekend. For the weekend. <laughs> Italy, he flies in. Oh, by the way, we have a little house in Lake Como. You're welcome <laughs> to stay in for the month. <laughs> wow. So he's experiencing it on his level. I imagine somewhat being inspired by me and also by his mother. She told stories of her travels. Right. And she had I mean, some whoppers. She had some whoppers. I mean, that also inspired me knowing there were sides when I met her that I just didn't think that she was adventurous in some way, maybe because of the way that she maintained her safety or the way with her food and how important it was for her. So she just did things in an organized way. And then I find out that she takes a hundred foot sailboat from Lisbon to Venezuela with like 10 other people that are not trained one <laughs> captain as a learning process for education wow and then hitchhiked through colombia nicaragua mexico to come to the states for two months hitchhiked as a blonde beautiful denmark Dan woman exactly, i mean exactly right. whoa and that inspiration of like wow that's gutsy i wouldn't do that i'm from detroit <laughs> right 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 yeah, yeah. so so I think telling also past stories can very much be inspiration and in bringing that into the relationship. I know when we're talking with people and we start talking about some intimate stories, I encourage her, tell that story. Let people know about you. Because there's a side that yeah. I know about you. I want others to know about you. Right. And so that's a beautiful way to also disclose who we are. Yeah, sharing stories. I know people who, who run companies that help people make audio and videotapes of their lives, like grandparents as a gift to grandchildren. Here's the life I had. Here's the adventures I took. Here's what I did for a living. Here's who I married. Uh, like a legacy thing. Pretty right? much a legacy. What would you want your legacy to be? <clears throat> Whoa. Well, other than the big statue with me on a bronze stallion in the central square. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure that, that happens. That, that the pigeons will poop on. <laughs> I always find that ironic. With a, with a little pen writing in a book. Uh, yeah, but a giant statue, you know. Right. Wow, I guess I'm doing it now. I feel that I am as a teacher. Hmm. You know, just doing what I love and offering my service to the world. And it has those concentric effects. That will be my legacy. I'm not a father. Right. Um, so I don't have that. But there's lots of ways to nurture. And this is one of mine. So... That's a big part of my legacy. Of course, my books, you know, the physical objects, as long as we have some kind of software to be able to read them in the future. Yeah, right. What about you, legacy? You know, I've been thinking about this in the last few years because of my passion around appreciation and I make it so much part of my life. In some way, that's what I want as my legacy. I want people to know that they were appreciated by me, mm. especially the people that are close to me in my life, but also leave a legacy around letting people have a relationship with appreciation and hopefully that has changed their relationships in their life in many ways. Yeah. So I think that, and I see that as part of whether it's being a father, a therapist, a husband, family member, friends, cat owner. <laughs> she appreciates me big time, especially yeah. when I feed her three times. A day. <laughs> That's right. And here's one more that just pops into my mind. My mom, just the way she lived her life and the passions that she had, one of the first women on Wall Street and all that that implies for the kind of person she was, is a great 
inspiration to me as- 1950s? Uh, 50s and 60s, early 60s. But saying yes to your life, refusing to take no for an answer, how to push through obstacles because big boys club, old boys club, the stock market in New York. And uh, the picture of her that me and both my brothers have in our offices of her, independently of each other, of her standing with her graduating class at the I.F. DuPont School for Account Executives on Wall Street, 50 men in black and her in the front with a white knee length dress and one foot in front of the other like a fashion model and says everything in the world about her, who she is. That's legacy for me. It's like, that's my mother. And how has that inspired you? Oh, just for instance, when everybody said to me, 2% of people coming out of journalism school get jobs on major metropolitan newspapers. And I became one of those 2%. My mother, my, my mentor saying, oh, maybe 100 people make a living as full-time magazine freelancers in this country. I became one of the 100. My mother. Hmm. So there's that, you know, just that element of I can, you can defy the odds. That's one of the gifts she gave me. You can get what you want, not that it won't be good hard work. Imagine what the Me Too movement would have had to say about what my mother put up with. Wow. I'll tell you what. Go see the movie RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, I haven't seen it. That's my mother's story. There's even a photograph in there that made me jump out of my chair when I saw it of her with her law school at Columbia, her graduating class at law school. It was 50 men in black and her. It made me cry in the middle of the movie. What she must have gone through. Oh, I got a sense of what my mother must have gone through. And it was like, I just had this deep gusher of love come out of me from my mom and, and respect and appreciation that whatever her flaws were, and you can imagine what they would be with a woman who wanted a career more than she wanted children, what that would be like. Nonetheless, she gave me that gift. Say yes to your life. Say yes to your life. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I, I say yes to, to this kind of passion, to take risks mm. and to to allow that to just permeate in, in your relationships, but taking the risks so that you know that you're living more aligned with yourself. Right. And creating a more enlivened relationship. That's right. More people awake at the wheel. So wake up, everybody. <laughs> That's great. Relationships. Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed professional counselor Prepo Toplitsky, visit heartsharecounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk at adithemonk.com. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Relationships, Let's Talk About It is produced by PodCraft. Create your own great podcast today, faster and easier at podcraft.us. Mm-hmm.